With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The critic's choice for best picture is... Nomadland. Um... Thank you. Thank you, Critics' Choice Association and, and our, our fellow nominees. I'm incredibly honored to uh, accept this award on behalf of my fellow producers, Francis McDormand, Peter Spears, Dan Janvey, and, and Chloe Zhao. We want to thank you, critics, for shining a light in our film very early on and continuing to deepen conversation with such nuance. Thank you to Searchlight Pictures, to our Nomadland cast and crew, to our brilliant DP Josh, congratulations, and to Chloe for leading us with such heart. So much of, of Nomadland is, is about listening, listening to nature and listening to one another's stories. So we want to, the team would like to dedicate this award to our production sound mixer, Michael Wolf Snyder, who didn't just record sound, but, but deeply felt it. So in, an, in a year that has illuminated the crucial need for connection and empathy. We are so proud to have created a film that celebrates the compassion gained by simply listening to one another. Thank you so much. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Next Best Picture podcast. I am your host, Matt Neglia. Time of recording is 10, 11 p.m. on March 7th, 2021. The 26th Annual Critics' Choice Awards just wrapped up. Here to join me right now to discuss our instant reactions to the winners, I have Dan Baer. Good evening. And Josh Parham. Hello, hello. Okay, so Critics' Choice Awards. Um, like the Hollywood Critics Association, crammed a lot of awards in a very short period of time. Uh, combining, in this case, television and film categories together. And still, they do these sections where they breeze through the categories and don't allow for some people to give speeches. It's a little bit too much, but overall, it's like one of those things where the overall show itself is probably the worst in terms of its content. Like, some of the comedy tonight from Tay Diggs was just, like, cringe-worthy bad and... You know, I'll be honest with you guys, I didn't really pay attention to anything that was going on outside of the winners and the speeches themselves. Like anything else that the show was doing, I kind of tuned out. So what did you guys overall think of the show? I don't know if you guys were more attuned to it than I was. Mm, not yeah, really. Yeah, it's like that. OK. <laughs> yeah, I I am of the opinion that the Critics' Choice Awards show is usually pretty poorly produced to be honest even in a non-pandemic year so i never really find myself focusing that much on the production or like the comedy bits because they're usually pretty poor in my opinion and at least with this one it did seem like they were trying to get through it as quickly as possible so i was grateful for that yeah yeah pretty much i mean like there were there were a couple of moments where tay Diggs was just like randomly interviewing someone for like a minute or two and i'm just sitting there going like we could have been hearing a an acceptance speech from emerald Fennell right now 
Yeah, yeah, that's true. And, you know, it's one of those things where it's a really, really tough time because of the pandemic and COVID. So it's another one of these shows where, you know, by now after the Emmys, the Golden Globes, like we pretty much have an idea of how these things are run at this point. And like I said before, from a presentation standpoint and as a voting member myself, um, you know, I, I thought that it was fine in terms of the, how the show ran from just a video montage standpoint to, you know, the Zooms and the video conferencing and so on and so forth. I liked that they, that they showed the tables at times and you could see groups of people all together. Uh, so all of that was fine. For me, it just really comes down to these written comedy segments or these interview segments, Dan, like you mentioned. It's it's really that stuff that I'm just like, yeah, I, I, I can deal without it. It was awkward. Yeah. But... We're here to talk about the winners. We're here to talk about how this impacts the Oscar race. And so we're going to first start off with the first award of the evening. Best Supporting Actor goes to Daniel Kaluuya for Judas and the Black Messiah. Best Supporting Actor. Starting a sweep. I don't know about you guys, but there is a part of me that believes that he's either A, sweeping, or B, Sasha is taking one of SAG or BAFTA. I don't believe he's taking both, but he's taking one. I would be more inclined to believe he could take BAFTA between the two. And the other Mm. piece of this puzzle that I'm waiting to see is if Judas can get a Best Picture nomination. If it does that, I will feel much better about Kaluuya. But if he doesn't have that and Sasha is in a Best Picture nominee, that will be something I need to consider same pretty much i think that is the deciding factor it's one of those things where if he has the best picture nomination it's a slam dunk if he doesn't have the best picture nomination i agree i would still be worried about some sort of an upset uh because remember and for anyone that's listening right now remember a lot of things do happen when we have critics choice and globes but it really doesn't mean anything until the guilds bafta and sag Chime in. Mm-hmm. There's zero Academy crossover. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey there. I'm Hannah. And I'm Audrey. We are a sister filmmaking duo and co-hosts of Sleepover Cinema, our show where we analyze the films that created the collective unconscious of the girls, gays, and theys of the late 90s and early 2000s. Princess Diaries, The Cheetah Girls, Aquamarine, Cinderella, the one starring Brandy. We haven't stopped thinking about these movies since we first saw them, and we want you to rewatch them and review them with us. Are these movies as bad as critics would have us believe? Do we even care if they are we are always unpacking that very question on sleepover cinema check out sleepover cinema wherever you get your podcasts or at evergreenpodcast.com see you soon so this is a group that loves to say over and over that they predict the oscars and i have to admit looking at a lot of these winners tonight with the exception of maybe two these pretty much were the expected winners. 
And I, I think that if you went with your gut and you did predict the Oscar front runners in most of your predictions, you got a lot of these right. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was a little sad and a little boring, but at the same time, like there wasn't too much about it that felt um, particularly bullshitty. Yeah. Well, like, for example, we didn't get like a really <laughs> obnoxious, egregious, god awful tie in one of the main categories, for example. There we were one tie. Yeah. No, two. Yes, two. Oh, they're right. There was two. Yeah. <laughs> but like like we said, one in the film side, the other one on the television side. Next award of the night, though, I thought this was definitely a game changer in some ways, not all the way. I'm not fully prepared to say that this is, you know, a game changer, just in in some ways. Maria Bakalova, Borat's subsequent movie film for Best Supporting Actress, gets to win the award and make the speech that she did not get a chance to do at the Golden Globes. So what do you guys think of this? Because, wow. I don't know that I'd call it a game changer necessarily. Like, I don't know that I'd go that far. But I would definitely say that it makes this category <laughs> even more up in the air now. Well, yeah, like I said, I, I don't want to call it a full game changer, but I can't think of the appropriate term to say what is like considered a half game changer. <laughs> so, yeah, to be honest, I even when we made our predictions for Critics' Choice, I thought we were a little quick to dismiss Bakalova here, despite the globe loss, because her entire campaign is basically built on her many critic wins leading into this night. So I don't necessarily consider this that surprising. I still also have my doubts of her Oscar nomination. I don't think that it necessarily changes the landscape that much, but it does keep her in the conversation a little bit longer. So now let me ask you this question because now she has this prize. She's nominated at SAG. If she were to get nominated at BAFTA, like, I'm just trying to figure this out here because I know that a lot of us are predicting her to get snubbed at the Oscars. And some of us have said that, you know, the chances of her missing BAFTA will be an indicator to lead into that. So I guess what I'm getting at is with with a win like this now, with the critic support behind her and possibly a BAFTA nomination now coming since there's six nominees, what will it take to convince us that she is getting in when they say her name on Oscar yeah. nomination morning. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Okay. So, and it's nothing against the performance or her or the campaign. It's just Oscar does not go for that kind of performance. Yeah. We're basically leaning on years and years and years of history yeah. here, essentially. Yeah. She could very well still get in. I think mm -hmm. that there is a possibility of that happening. Yeah. I do also think that I, who knows what's going to happen with BAFTA because those rules changed so dramatically this year. Oh that my I have God. No what to expect. So yeah. I don't know if like anybody getting in there really means anything. And yeah, at the end of the day, I just have such a strong intuition that her performance as intriguing and as bold as it is just it doesn't normally get in and it really does feel to me like i have to see it to believe it yeah yeah i'm very much there and and even if she does i do think that if if she does somehow manage to get in that i think that she would still be a an extreme long shot 
to win. Oh, absolutely. Okay, so Josh, I know you're not much of a television person, but going to go through some of the TV categories anyway. Best Supporting Actress in a Drama Series, Gillian Anderson for The Crown. No surprise there. She feels very much like a steamroller this year, and she'll probably uh, continue that on to the Emmys, I imagine. Yeah, I would assume Mm -hmm. so. Although, man, can we... Can we uh, help her with her internet? Man, that was rough. Ooh, oh, yeah. I thought it was my antenna, yeah. actually, and then I realized it was her. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it felt bad. Yeah, the pandemic has been a great equalizer to show that you might have all the money in the world, but you cannot still get great Wi-Fi. <laughs> <laughs> hey, everyone. Sorry to interrupt, but this is a preview of our reactions to the 2021 Critics' Choice Awards here on the Next Best Picture podcast. In order to get the full hour-plus-long conversation, you will have to head on over to Patreon. Under Next Best Picture for $1 minimum a month, you will get the rest of this episode, plus other exclusive podcast content from us as well. You have been listening to the Next Best Picture podcast. We are proud to be part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, and you can subscribe to us anywhere where you subscribe to podcasts. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support. Thank you so much for listening, as always, and we shall see you all next time. Hello, this is Gary Chachot welcoming you to check out the French History Podcast. Our main show covers the history of France from the first humans until present. If you liked Mike Duncan's The History of Rome and wanted a similar program covering the land of beauty, culture, and love, we are exactly that. We also host world-renowned scholars who have delivered guest episodes on their specialties, including 18th century pirates, revolutionary booksellers in 20th century Paris, the special friendship between the Marquis de Lafayette and Thomas Jefferson, and numerous others. Learn what you love and listen to the French History Podcast today.